0: Good evening, who everybody? I'm your host Tyler Raymond and as always we've got a great episode tonight. And with me, what's going on guys? Who to Week 2 steadily
1: approaching us. I'm your other host Dayton Brown. Our Saints are looking to bounce back from Sunday's home loss against Tampa Bay, which of course threw a wrench at the early hopes we had for their season. New Orleans has another chance to defend the Dome this Sunday at noon as they take on the surging Cleveland Browns. So here to help us break that game down is the host of the Locked on Browns podcast, where he's about to surpass one year there as host. Please welcome to the show, Jeff Lloyd. Jeff, how you doing? Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, ah, no, No problem whatsoever, guys. Um, you know, it's going to be an interesting
2: Sunday. Um, I, I really wish that, uh, you know, the Saints hadn't had their first early season wake-up call going into this game yeah, tell me about it. um you know it, it, it does i don't i don't know if that bulges too well for the browns and the way this is going to work out but uh it's going to be interesting uh you know i mean look even after week one obviously you know, both teams still with a bunch of question marks
1: absolutely yeah and and i think more so for the saints uh more surprising question marks uh question marks we weren't really expecting especially on the defensive side of the ball um offense was very uh Uh, in tune especially for a week one matchup for the Cleveland Browns you guys are coming off a tie against the Pittsburgh Steelers um, which is a better start to the season than the Saints are Uh, so that's great and you guys were down 21 to 7 at one point in that game came back and uh, little miscues from each each team there in overtime but ended up a very valiant effort there Um, what what was your uh, uh, takeaway from that game as as a Browns fan
2: it was kind of funny because, um, you know, we'll go quick to record right after the game is over. So it was 21-7. And it was like, all right, well, here we go again. It's the same crap we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you know, the defense put the clamps down. The offense started to do some things. So now here it is, you know, you know, late fourth quarter. We're getting ready to overtime. I'm going to YouTube looking for the best best version of Hallelujah to play on the opening <laughs> of the show or whatever. Um, but look, you know, know, nobody's happy at at the end of the day about a tie. Um, they didn't lose. It is the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is, you know, their big brother forever. Mm. So, you know, at the end of the day, if you want to look outside of it and you say, oh, they didn't lose or oh, oh, and one. But the problem is, is once you dig in, you're like, well, they left a W on the field, Mm. but this is what's going to happen when you have a very, very young roster. When you're rebuilding and constantly rebuilding, now they think they have a lot of it in place. They really, you know, like the roster. There's a lot of talent there, so you build the roster. But now these guys n- need to learn how to close out a football game and win a football game that's been given to them. And that didn't happen this past Sunday for Cleveland. Uh,
1: blocked field going overtime for you guys. Unfortunately, um, you did get lucky. Where
2: they,
1: where they never changed the snap count.
2: Right, and it was the same right. snap count on every kick.
1: Ah oh, man, you, I, but I'm, that's but that's a franchise learning how to win. Yes, you know, and that's
2: those things happen.
1: And 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 you guys uh, have such a small sample size so far with this, uh, you know, turnaround team from a, a season ago. How uh, we'll get into that later. How how much this roster has changed, but I, I, I sense a lot of excitement there. Probably one of the most exciting ties uh, in in <laughs> NFL history. However, uh, I think you hit it on the nose when. The bronze were right there. They had the wins. In, they had the win in their hands, um, and uh, it's frustrating to see it squandered. Of course, but uh, um, at least it's definitely step in the right direction. Tyler, how you doing, man? Um, haven't talked to you in a little bit, but you excited for Sunday.
0: Oh yeah, I'm very excited, man. Thank you. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know. Uh, hopefully, expecting good things, but uh, I'll be. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, good things happen. That's all I'm looking forward to.
1: That was a joke, by the way. People, I talked to Tyler. Like we, we talk like. 24 (laughs) seven we're we're we're, we're talking about the show almost uh every single second so um but let's just jump into uh topic number one here the main topic for the show previewing new orleans saints against the cleveland browns home game number two of the season uh for the saints and of course despite them being stunned last week in the dome against tampa bay they still have 15 more games to play uh, and and the soonest right now are the cleveland browns this sunday um now, of course, Browns have had luck, lackluster uh, seasons in the past, bad luck, and uh, but they seem to be, obviously, a, a new team. They, they seem to be turning a new leaf, and after getting tied with the Steelers like we talked about, uh, they are looking to continue to keep this momentum going forward, and I think that should worry the Saints a lot because the team, besides the motivation from bouncing back, from uh, the shocking 48-40 to 40 loss, the Saints really don't have a lot of momentum going in their favor. Of course, the offense absolutely was spot on, and that's always going to be uh, the case when we're healthy. But but for the defense, there, there's not a whole lot of momentum there. And as a team, a deflating loss like that uh, can do numbers. But uh, this is the, the the week, the game, early in the season that the Saints can't afford to lose because it could end up being a snowball effect. Again, the Saints started known to last year. And they were able to uh, rattle off eight in a row after that. But it's going to be tough uh, uh, if, if we lose on Sunday. But let, let's get into that, Jeff. I, I, I want to focus on the Browns right now. Um, what, of course, again, small sample size so far. But what do you see as their general strengths and weaknesses? Obviously, we know how good that defense is with Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, young studs out there. Um, and, and we know Tyrod Taylor was able to you know somewhat lead that comeback. And you have Jarvis Landry, one of the best young receivers, um, uh, you guys are no strangers to offensive talent, but overall, what do you see as their strengths and weaknesses heading into Sunday and overall as a team?
2: Well, I think defensively, um, it, it, this defense was good last year. I think the problem was, is they got to the point later in games where they knew there wasn't enough offensive punch to match the effort that de- the defense was giving. So that kind of you know, you know, and I'm not going to. You know, I'm not calling anyone out and saying, but it, it, it's a. It was a mental thing, right? And that's that was the difference week one. This defense said, "Look, we're going to stop this right now. There will be no more scoring, and let's see if this offense can get us back." And they did. So you like that, obviously, but the, 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 there's still you know some question marks. The secondary is completely retooled. So, you know, you go Pittsburgh week one, you give over 300 yards passing to Ben Roethlisberger. Now you go to the Saints. These guys need the workout. These guys need the reps. You know, EJ Gaines hasn't played in about three, four weeks. He'll be, you know, he'll be uh, a guy who's going to be in the secondary this week. So these guys, as a secondary, need to work together and they need to know, you know, what I can trust the guy next to me to do or what I can trust the safety behind me to do. This is what they need. So it's going to be interesting how that plays out. Well, offensively, the, the, I mean, the skill position, it's kind of like a baseball batting lineup. Mm. Every one of these guys, I mean, you have Josh Gordon, you have Jarvis Landry, you have a rookie, rookie in Antonio Callaway. Rashard Higgins made a couple of plays last week. David Njoku could be an absolute beast in this league. You know, every now and then he's got a focus drop, which is an issue, but the running back cord, what you know, Carlos Hyde, Nick Chubb, Duke Johnson. I mean, every one of these guys, the skill position, there's a lot of guys with solid resumes. We need to see this being put together. Granted, Cleveland went a little bit off the map here and they kind of went Cleveland with it where they just said, you know, the Friday before week one, we're going to throw an undrafted rookie left tackle as our starter this week. And it, Mm. it didn't, it didn't help because he didn't get the work he needed. Part of it was on him because he was injured. Um, part of it was is there was really no way to address the left, left tackle position this offseason after Joe Thomas retired. The draft was limited. There was only one guy in free agent, Nate Solder. He went to the New York Giants for a boatload of money. So th- it's a work in progress. But if this line can play and start to gel a little bit, there is a lot of weaponry here for this offense, whether it's Tyrod Taylor, whether it's a few weeks away from Baker Mayfield, there is a lot of guys who can make plays for them who you know, who play the skill position.
1: The mm-hmm. the the Saints all time against the Cleveland Browns, uh four and thirteen. Not great. It it it's it's not good, and that's why I'm worried about Sunday, and for that other exact reason that you were just talking about, those skill players that you guys got. And it's 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 by very and, and, and again, new GM uh coming over from Kansas City that you guys have. Uh, and you guys were featured on Hard Knocks all summer. Uh, we got a, got insight into the uh, uh, ins and outs of the Cleveland Browns. First off, as a Browns fan, uh, because I, Saints have never been on Hard Knocks, can't really relate. We have seen some behind-the-scenes stuff, but nothing in-depth like HBO does. As a Browns fan, what was that like? Uh, uh yeah, I I know you've talked about it on past podcasts but what was that like uh, to to uh watch that unfold and and see the inner workings of your your favorite team kind of operate especially under uh somewhat of a new leaf
2: It was it was cool but, but but part of the problem with hard knocks is is they can take one thing right and make it such a huge thing Yeah and like and, and one of the prime mm. examples was Corey Coleman And for me, many of the guys who were at camp, Corey Coleman's picking it up. Corey Coleman's playing really well. And look, I mean, that one play maybe is a little bit of a microcosm now. And, you know, obviously Corey Coleman just recently signed with, you know, the Patriots. But it was just kind of funny how it all plays out. I mean, there's just so much they can make of one instance because Mm -hmm. it is reality TV. I think the most telling thing you got from that is Hugh Jackson, Greg Williams... Todd haley the, these are three personalities, and you know, I don't even know if you would want these three guys coming to your same dinner party hmm. because there's it, it, it could come to the point where man, we haven't even put out the main course yet, and this isn't going very well, and yeah. if they lose this week, they lose the, the Thursday night, three, four days later, to the New York jets it It, it could get hairy and it could get ugly really, really quick.
1: Yeah. yeah, especially with Hugh Jackson already, you know, somewhat on on a hot seat. Uh, Greg Williams, you guys, defensive coordinator, no stranger to the Saints. He was, of course, the DC for the Super Bowl winning team of the Saints. Got uh, was involved with the whole bounty gate um, rulings that the NFL brought down upon the Saints and the other personnel involved. Williams was uh, suspended, but he ended up getting jobs with uh, the Tennessee Titans. Um, uh, st louis rams then los angeles rams and uh this is the second year with the cleveland browns <clears throat> excuse me tyler i'm gonna go yeah, to man. man what do you like about this cleveland brown team from what you've seen so far uh very early and and what what are some weaknesses you think the saints are going to be able to exploit
0: oh boy okay so i think if i had to be really excited about one thing i think it would be the quarterbacks for the browns i like um i think there's a lot of mystery you know yeah uh, Tyrod Taylor is like a dual threat quarterback. You know uh, he can, uh, if he's having a good day, he can beat you, you know both ways. You know uh, running the ball, you know throwing the ball. And uh, it's funny, I, I don't know if I told you this, Jeff, but I actually went to um, uh, Buffalo to see the Saints play Buffalo, and that's when uh, Taylor was still with the team. So I got to see a bit of him there. But um, and then you know you've got Baker Mayfield, you know, and uh, he's a quarterback. I know for like me, uh, going into the season, I really really wanted the Saints to get, even though like we've taken. Uh, a lot and a half uh, just to have us move up, but um, I love the quarterback play by the Browns. I think you know it's going to be really interesting to see if um, uh, what Tyrod Taylor does, you know, to score points against the Saints defense um, this Sunday. But um, and what was the other part you said, Dean?
1: Well, well, what what are some weaknesses you think uh, the Saints are going to be able to exploit?
0: Oh, okay. Um, I think they should just take. Uh, I think Drew Brees knows his receivers very well. I just think that communication through the Saints' offense, I think that's ultimately uh, very lethal. So I think uh, regardless of the team, I think um, they're trying not to be biased here, but I think that that's something that the Saints usually always exploit is opposing teams' secondaries, so...
1: Um, De- I mean, Denzel Ward, uh, fourth overall pick of the past draft, uh, had <clears throat> two interceptions, uh, last week against the, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, yeah, and then, he got rookie of the week, too. And, and, uh, uh, Demarius Randall, uh, who you guys traded for from Green Bay earlier this offseason, had an interception himself. You guys were able to pick apart Big Ben, exposed him a little bit. Um, Tyrod Taylor led the team in uh, rushing yards, seventy-seven off eight attempts. He also had a rushing touchdown. Carlos Hyde, another weapon, uh, that uh, got a lot. Yeah, uh, sixty-two rushing yards and a touchdown, um, and he was the main workload there in the backfield. Nick Chubb, the rookie, twenty-one yards, and then Duke Johnson Jr. was able to be utilized uh, out of the backfield uh, somewhat. Uh, only had a catch for eight yards, had had seventeen rushing yards, but I expect him to be um, a little bit more uh, uh, in our face against against the Saints. Jarvis Landry, seven catch, one hundred six yards. Rashard Higgins was really the only other guy to uh, um, uh, get over thirty yards. Um, besides Jarvis Landry, uh, and he had seven catches. So uh, with only 15 completions from uh, Tyrod Taylor, uh, you guys were still able to put points up on the board and, and stay with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So um, I think that that's, that's also a positive to away, um, uh, for the Browns. And uh, uh, obvi- we've, we've already talked about those guys, but what do you expect to see specifically out of these offensive weapons come Sunday against this? Uh, Saints defense that gave up the, the secondary specifically. Blown coverages uh, that we saw against Tampa Bay, giving up 41 points. Um, well, what do you expect to see out of these guys in the Dome? You know, obviously controlled uh, variables and everything there, uh, but a very loud, uh, rocking home crowd from the Saints usually is what what, what comes about Sunday. Um, how, do, how do you Tyrod Taylor and those offensive weapons to perform specifically this coming Sunday?
2: Well, this is going to be a big thing as far as how long Tyrod Taylor holds this job. Because, mm. you know, look, the weather last week, you know, yes, it was obviously bad. And, and for me, I'm, I've been a little more critical because, look, uh, Ben Roethlisberger still threw for over 300 yards. Mm. Tyrod Taylor, you know, didn't. He didn't look good. He had his issues. He took too many sacks. But there's, there's no excuses here now. I mean, you're going to play on a clean field. You have everything you're looking for. Would they need to get Josh Gordon more involved? And look, whether they say it was on Josh Gordon because uh, he missed most of the training camp or not, uh, for Jarvis Landry to get 15 targets and Josh Gordon to get three, that is a major, major problem. Because Josh, I mean, Josh Gordon, you know, I mean, maybe you don't know or you do. But he still brings you the capabilities of a top five overall wide receiver in this game. This is the resume he has. This is the talent he has. We need to see if he is still that guy or not. Jarvis Landry, yes, he had a nice, nice, nice game week one. You know, seven for over 100 yards. But I don't know if you can ever make Jarvis Landry your featured wide receiver one. He doesn't have the measurables. He doesn't have the size. He doesn't have the arm length. Josh Gordon has all of that in spades. He is you know, he is a freak freak athlete. So it's time to figure out if Josh Gordon is any glimpse of what he was in 2013-2014. And if he is, there's a lot to work with here. If he's not, then it's time to start working more in an Antonio Callaway, another rookie and Damian Ratley. You can't marry yourself to Josh Gordon forever here because Josh Gordon hasn't shown the same commitment to this relationship that the Browns have to him. So it's time. And Josh Gordon is one of these guys, and the Saints who can move the ball up and down the field at will. Mm. He is one guy that can combat mm. that with doing something that a Mike Evans did or a Deshaun Jackson did and turning, you know, a quick drive in a 65, 70 yard touchdown, and he can drop it in on a dime. They need to see that from a guy like Josh Gordon.
1: And, Reach um, him. And and, and Tyra Taylor was also sacked seven times uh, on, on Sunday. Oh. He was under duress. The Steelers are, uh, uh, you know, of course, led the league with that mark. Uh, and I think uh, T.J. Watt had four by himself. Uh, so obviously, uh, you know, leaks in that offensive line, and also just very impressive play by the Steelers to uh, uh, keep Tyra Taylor under duress for so long. Because that led to a lot more incompletions, and obviously that led to a lot of sacks, a lot of lost yards for you guys. Um, And and specifically for, uh, we'll just jump into it real quickly, but fantasy football, I am starting Jarvis Landry at my flex. I'm very confident in that, too. I'm choosing him over by Lyle Powell, Derrick Henry, and Kenny Stills. I think that Jarvis Landry is going to get quite a few catches against the Saints defense, and uh, I I think that he'll get a, a couple of red zone looks. Uh, for sure as well because he can he his catch radius is just massive really he, he 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 can catch pretty much anything that comes his way there's a reason that he's he's led the league for for catches um but uh and any other uh sneaky i don't know if you play fantasy football though jeff uh any any like uh, sneaky uh maybe fantasy uh studs that you expect from from the browns
2: um if this game and if the browns want to compete for this game for 60 minutes. You know this running back core—it's a week in, week out thing with the Browns. I I think each week you maybe look your way to a different way. But Duke Johnson, and if you're going to get in a game where you're going to get into a track meet, and you know that's what you're kind of looking for with the Saints. You know you want to look for a back that may be on on Cleveland's roster and in their offensive rotation who can kind of give you what of an Alvin Kamara can do. And that would be Duke Johnson. Yes. Duke Johnson is capable of catching seven, eight balls a game. He is capable of running for 80 to 90 yards. They just extended him. I understand you brought in Carlos Hyde. I understand they drafted Mm. Nick Chubb, but they handed Duke Johnson a contract extension. He is their biggest, he's the best big play potential guy in this running back stable. And if you're going to go toe to toe with an offense and a team like the New Orleans Saints, you want to feature your playmakers. And my guy would be sleeper wise. I mean, if you want a nice little pickup this week, it's terrible that he's limited right now because it makes no sense. But Duke Johnson needs to get the ball in his hands.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I really like Duke Johnson. I think that he is obviously has the capability to have an uh, Alvin like. Alvin Kamara-like performance because of the versatility and, and kind of obviously dual threat because you can catch the ball, you can be a receiver, you can run the ball like a running back, and oh, with, with guys like that they're, they they might be Alvin Kamara's kind of a outlier because he is uh, uh, built just like Mark Ingram, but with, with smaller utilized running backs like that who can come out of the backfield and catch balls, similar to Duke Johnson uh, e- even if they may be slightly undersized, they're still going to be able to run between the tackles and they're still going to be able to break tackles down the field and and they become very elusive, so that leads to them getting a lot of yards. So yes, I do think Duke Johnson is a stud. Tyler, how about you, man? Uh, for specifically for the Saints, uh, yeah, offensive weapons that we have: Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, who had the second most fantasy points out of any player in standard league last week, uh, second to Tyreek Hill. He uh, he 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 was lights out. Um, Mike, Mike G, Mike Galissi, as, as we like to call him, Mike G, uh, did not, uh, the fumble, uh, that, huh. that kind of, but obviously wasn't going to be picked up in a lot of leagues. But other than that, Michael Thomas was really the star for the Saints. Uh, Ted Ginn Jr. also had a, a touchdown, a couple of nice catches, but, um, outside of that, uh, any other surprise fantasy studs or, or, or are you thinking Michael Thomas is going to get a majority of the looks? Do you think Traquan Smith might make an appearance? What are you, what are you thinking for uh, fantasy guys for the Saints?
0: This is the week that Traquan Smith balls, hopefully. Okay. Um, Sh- uh, I, I expect a lot out of him. You know, I think a lot of Saints fans were really shocked when we really didn't hear anything from him. You know, um, we're still, right now, we're still waiting on Meredith because of the whole situation of him, you know, missing time to injury. Just, uh, he hasn't really caught up yet to the... Full full, uh, page of the offense, you know, when Austin Carr wasn't really utilized a ton, you know, uh, last week. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see a lot of Traquan Smith, maybe a little Austin Carr, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me too to see uh, Cameron Meredith uh, not play. Right, and yeah, Meredith needs
1: to get caught up on the snaps to learn the playbooks is what Sean Payton was saying. Sean Payton was also very high on uh, uh, Traquan Smith during his press conference today, Um, so that's something to look forward to. Maybe he'll get played. Let's shift to defense, Uh, Jeff, talking about the Browns and Greg Williams obviously being the DC there. And uh, Payton also mentioned how uh, Greg Williams can just throw you different looks. He can have a standard uh, uh, regular format defense, and then he can next play come at you with a bare front. Uh, and he can shift it up to a nickel after that and so on and so forth. And he does like to utilize, uh, exotic blitzes every once in a while. Um, so, and you also have a familiar face. I know he's probably just there for depth, depth purposes. purposes. I haven't heard much since he's got to the team, but Devro Lawrence, who the Saints traded the Browns for a seventh round pick. Um, but how is your defense shaping up so far? I know you mentioned them earlier about how good they are, but who, who specifically is impressing you as a unit? Uh, how, how well are they, uh, doing so far?
2: It's going to be interesting because um, Obviously, you know, uh, you know, Miles Garrett Always lines up opposite the left tackle Emmanuel Agba always, you know Lines up outside the right tackle He's going to be out this week um, Whether the injury that he has is that bad I, I'm, I'm not sure But he's also coming off of offseason Foot surgery after breaking a foot So, you know, he, you, you get to a question Of, you know, was he okay to be back Or was he 100% I don't think Emmanuel Agba was 100% So, you know I'm not going to say it's you know addition by subtraction, but Emmanuel Agbo needs to get himself a little more healthy here because he was at before he got hurt last year. He was the defensive MVP for the Cleveland Browns. Miles Garrett, everything is just showing up. I mean, it's it was you know, basically somebody handing you a lottery ticket that you knew was a winner. Everything he's doing right now, the athleticism he gets, he's getting better with his technique. He is just that legit. Jannard Avery, a guy out of Memphis that they drafted in the fifth round. Most people saw him as a typical foundation, you know, you know, foundational piece as a linebacker. He's a really, really good edge rusher. And this showed up from the first day he got into camp with Cleveland. He's able to get around the edge. And this also happens, though, when you have a guy like Miles Garrett, who commands the attention that he does. If you have some other guys that are capable of winning one-on-ones, they're going to do it. And that's what we saw with a guy like Jannard Avery this past week. Um, I'm gonna see his reps go up. Chris Smith, they signed in the offseason from from uh, Cincinnati Bengals. He's gonna have a big role in this game. Whether he's ready for it or not is gonna be interesting. Um, your guy, uh, you know uh, the guy brought over from the Saints, I don't yeah. think he's there yet. I think this is one of those ones now. You know, you have John Dorsey here, you have uh, Wolf and you have High Smith from Green Bay. I think you have a, you know, a mix of guys in a front office, and so a guy like Devereaux Lawrence, and, you know, they all sat down like, oh, we were kind of high on him. Oh, we thought there was potential. So I think that's why they went ahead and did that move. Whether it's a, you know, whether he's ready to go this week or it's, you know, five, six weeks or is, they're looking at a longer-term option with him, that may be, you know, the possibility there. Might be a guy they like longer-term. They did obviously, you know, hit waiver wires pretty hard. You know, they brought in DN. They brought in, another, uh, they brought in defensive tackle. There's guys they brought in through that. So I don't know. I'd be stunned if Devereaux Lawrence is, is, is part of this game. There are guys they like, but the thing is, there's more teeth to it. Last year, Jamie Collins got hurt. Last year, Emmanuel Ago got hurt. Last year, Miles Garrett missed time, and each time these guys were out, it really hurt this defense in the front seven, and then it hurt him in nickel and dime. This year, with a guy like Avery, with a guy like Chris Smith, they think they have more teeth and depth to it, and it, it and it's it's showed because you know Miles Garrett played every snap last week, but everybody else you know took snaps off. And these other guys were able to step up and be part of, you know, creating pressure and, you know, helping this defense create six turnovers like they did.
1: Yeah, I I, I was I was highly impressed with this defense, how they're able to perform. Uh, And I was, you know, highly impressed with them in the preseason as well, watching them. Uh, And and that's that's not even including, uh, you know, some of the behind the stuff. Uh, what we saw in hard knocks it was it was mainly what they were actually producing on the field and again preseason is preseason but you get good looks at uh, uh teams who are uh that such that have such uh big moves on their rosters which we're going to get to in a minute tyler for the saints offense specifically i know we've talked about uh like Traquan smith and other guys but how do you think this cleveland browns defense is going to fare against because the the saints offense is red hot uh do you think they'll still have the upper hand against these guys they were able to force a lot of turnovers which the saints two fumbles didn't uh, other than the return touchdown, the other fumble didn't really cost them. So really I only counted as one, you know, major turnover for the team. But, um, do you think, uh, uh, their, their offense still has the upper hand against, a uh, impressive Browns defense?
0: To be honest, I'm not sure. And let me tell you why. So like we've said it before, you know, uh, for the longest time and it still is the saints office has always been the number one. It's always been the thing when you play this team, you look for, it, you know, like that you have to, um, you know, uh, just uh, and watch film against because if you don't, this team is going to beat you offensively. You've got a Hall of Fame quarterback. You have plenty of weapons. It's lethal. This team is lethal offensively. But like you said, though, the Browns defense—they're looking good too. You know, they force a good quarterback, and it's funny because um, I have friends that are Steelers fans. I definitely made sure that I let them know that uh, uh, they couldn't even beat the Browns. Not that the Browns are a bad team. The Browns are looking good this year, but um, their history uh, is—I is, think it's. Know. I think it's going to come down to, like, how things fare out, maybe, like, at halftime. If, if you could ask me at halftime, I'd let you know. But the Saints' offense is really hot. The Browns' defense is looking to gain momentum off of turnovers. I think you, it could go either way right now. And the thing is with the Saints' offense is if you have a team that, like, uh, if the Saints' offense starts having turno- like starts creating turnovers, you know, like, fumbles here, an interception here, they're going to sputter, you know, and, it, it's like... I can't even think of a good metaphor. It, it just it ruins everything. It's like toppling uh, your deck of dominoes or something. I don't know. But, like, uh, I think the Saints' offense will, will hopefully do fine as long as they don't commit turnovers. That's yeah,
1: thing. And, and I... I <sighs> I think it's, it's still going to be a little bit of a struggle for the offensive line going up against this front seven, but they did do very well against a yeah. power, you know, very a. talented front back. four. And yeah, Andres Pete has returned to practice. Sounds like uh, Tyler da- Davidson, yeah, Tyler yeah. Davidson will be out. I. I, I Almost said David Onyemata for a second, but David Onyemata <laughs> will be there. Tyler Davidson is going to be out of the game. with Taylor injury. Starworth. Starworth and Taylor Stallworth will be playing, too, Starworth for the first time. Taylor will be playing, which is going to be awesome to see uh, him alongside Sheldon Rankins. But um, So, uh, overall, though, yeah, I do think that the Saints offensive line is going to be able to hold their own, given Drew Brees some time. So, I do expect a lot out of this offense— Uh, especially from michael thomas who currently leads the league in receptions and receiving yards so props to him um and and final question for this coming sunday jeff um how do you or or i i guess what new faces that we haven't already talked about maybe some young rookies some undrafted free agents uh or or some guys who haven't been in the league for a while any any new faces you expect to uh uh make up make a statement this coming sunday against the saints
2: Antonio Callaway is one. It's going to be interesting. Mm. Um, it, it, here's the thing with him. I mean, everybody everybody likes the talent. Obviously, the kid had a troubled off field, right? Um, and then you factor in the fact that you know he missed, he didn't play at all last year at Florida. So you're talking about a guy who's coming back to football at 21 years of age with almost a two two year gap since the last time he played. He's got a lot of ability. We saw it week one in the preseason. Uh, he got a little dinged up and not really haven't seen much of them since, but here's a guy that you maybe want to start incorporating to this. And, you know, like I said earlier, you're getting to a, a game with the saints where, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be a lot on the offense. And, you know, can you go toe to toe with an established offense? And this mm-hmm. is a guy that can bring you a couple of things. So it's going to be interesting, but Antonio Gallo, Antonio Calloway is one of those guys that they got to start to find a, fi- find a role for, because, The kid's got a lot of talent and, you know, what you worry about with a kid who's had a troubled past is if he's not getting a lot of run, you worry about him off the field. And, you know, the old adage of, you know, idle time leads to, you know, trouble, that type of thing. And that's what you worry about with a guy like this. If you get him featured, I mean, he seems committed. He seems ready to go. Um, You know, now's as good a time as any.
1: I like it. I like it. Yeah. Antonio yeah. Callaway, former uh Florida wide receiver, rookie uh got drafted uh earlier this uh offseason. Tyler, any uh, new faces from, from the Saints, offense, defense, whichever side of the ball you expect to uh, show up, young rookies, uh new
0: signees? Yeah, I've got two. They were both on defense. The first like we mentioned, uh with Davis and out, uh Taylor Stalworth, you I like know, it. and you know, um. Right now, I think it's crazy how uh, when all the initial cuts were made, that nobody really expected him to make. You know, make the initial fifty-three. Yeah. I mean, sure, there were fans that hoped for it, but when it happened, you know, over like Deverell Lawrence and everybody else, you know, that were really fighting for a spot on the D line. You know, everybody was really shocked. So I think he's going to probably make a good impact for the defense on Sunday. And then I said that last week. I'll say it again. Ah, uh, Marcus Davenport, You know, uh, he said, um uh, in an interview this week, he's looking to play more violent football. So hopefully we see a bigger impact, maybe more snaps from him. So
1: I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, I'm expecting to see a lot of Patrick Robinson. Uh, I think, uh, especially with, uh, you know, the, uh, speed that the, uh, uh, Browns possess there, uh, the wide receiver core. I think Patrick Robinson is going to be very important there. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see, uh, Taylor Stalworth. So, uh, week two matchup is coming up and, uh, let's let's get score predictions uh, and and like I said like I said last week since this isn't a regular season um, we are actually going to give uh, scores so uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and go first um, I think that the overall game is is going to be a little less exciting than than I think I'm expecting I'm expecting this to be uh, like like at least in my mind I'm expect- expecting this to be like a 31 to 28 finish or a 34 to 34 to 24 or something like that, you know, a lot of points. But um, I, I I do think these defenses are going to step it up a little bit now that they've watched some film from, from week one and um, uh, the Browns were able to create so many turnovers. I think that the Saints are going to be able to anchor down because they'll get a little bit more pass rush and pressure. I think Cameron Jordan will step up a lot because he realizes that uh, his performance from week one was very lackluster and that led to the entire defense uh, playing, you know, extremely bad. So, um, I think it won't be as high of a scoring game as I'm thinking. I'm still going to go with the Saints winning. I'm going to say uh, the final score is going to be 23-14. to 14. Uh, Saints are going to take it home. might even be 23-17. I, I think that the Browns are going to have a lot of good drives. Um, however, I think uh, the, the Saints will be a little bit more disciplined. They'll anchor down um, a little bit more in the red zone. Um, uh, even though they didn't really get... I, I think there were only two or three drives from the Buccaneers that ended up in the red zone. A lot of the other touchdowns they got were were long bombs. So um, I think they'll be able to anchor down and be more disciplined. So I'm going, uh, yeah, 23-14, 23-17, right in that range. Saints going over the Browns. Jeff, what are you thinking, my man? Uh,
2: I'm going to go a little bit higher. Uh, I, and part of it is is because I, I, I can't base things on things that I haven't seen yet. I haven't seen this secondary at its hold yet. So I'm more in the 38-24 Saints win. That's Yeah, that's I, what I, my heart I'm is not, saying.
1: That's I'm what I sure.
2: want it to be. And the other thing, though, is, is also what I haven't seen yet is I haven't seen Tyrod Taylor go out there yet with this offense, take command of it, and I actually the show I did before, we were doing the pregame, and we were talking about it, and the guy Googled it while we were on show. Tyrod Taylor's got one 300-yard game. Wow. under his resume. And for the Browns to make this a game and to have a possibility and a chance of winning it, mm. if you're going to play Drew Brees, uh, let's see, Ryan Fitzpatrick threw for damn near 450 yeah. last week.
0: Yeah, that was crazy.
2: <laughs> Tyrod Taylor's high is like 328. So, I mean, that's what you're going to need to do to, to hang with a team in an offense like this. And, you know, as much as I do like the defense and I think they're good, you know, the Saints, they've played a lot of good defenses and still put up a ton of points. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the line is somewhere that eight and a half to nine range uh, all day long. I, 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 I just don't see how Cleveland can. I mean, I hope I'm wrong, but I don't see how Cleveland can keep this, you know, on the under. You'd have to bet the over on this.
1: I I hope I'm wrong, too, because I want to see a high-scoring affair. And I do think, still, the Saints have a weakness there in the the middle of the defense. They still haven't figured out what they're going to do with the linebackers. And last week, A.J. Klein, Demario Davis were not as impressive as we were thinking. Uh, So maybe we get some more athleticism out there. Who knows? But if we don't, we're going to continue to get, you know, torn up the middle. Um, and, and, and again, I, I do think the defense will get more pressure, but, uh, with the, with the linebackers, how they were playing last week, I think Carlos Hyde going up the middle could be a very good play for, uh, the Browns if Tyrod Taylor does end up, uh, you know, being, uh, not uh, close anywhere to you to 200, 300 yards passing, uh, which again is very important for teams to beat the saints because you gotta, you gotta deal with them that way. Um, but uh, I think Carlos Hyde has the has the opportunity to pick up some slack. Duke Johnson, again, as I mentioned, uh, because of the weakness that we kind of have there in linebackers. But, again, I, I, I'm with you, Jeff. I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's a high-scoring game. I hope the Saints' defense is as bad as I'm, I'm thinking. I hope week one was was somewhat of just a fluke. But what do you think, of man, Tyler? I'm going to go to you. What we'll, we'll score prediction for the game? Oh, boy. um, It's funny.
0: Uh, it's funny. Like I'm not quite sure uh, how many points both teams are going to score, but I figured I mentioned this. Uh, no, you got it. You got it. Yeah, I, you gotta give a score, man. Those are house rules. No, no, no. I, I'm going okay. to. But, okay. Um I, On Twitter, I uh, I I mentioned um, because I would love to see the Saints shout out somebody, and uh, mm. just because they're playing the Browns this week, I mentioned it, and I was like, oh hey, if the if the Saints shut out the Browns, not only will I shave me shave my head, but I'll. Uh, Donate money to charity. So, and then I was like, at the very bottom, I tagged like all the main Saints players on defense. I was like, do work, guys. But then, um, so I just because I said that on Twitter, I'm gonna go with like 31 nothing. Even though I doubt, I highly doubt if that happens. And if it does, and the Browns really do score nothing, I'm gonna have a shaved head, and it's gonna be really cold in New Orleans when I go down there in October. Mm yeah so you're
1: you're you're, 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 just, you're just you're just you're just praying for that defense man no bald tyler no bald Tyler. i am no bald tyler. i
0: mean like i the point part is i love my hair too so like, you look I look like make <laughs> such a you'll look like you'll time. look like
1: you're 35 years old dude you already look like you're like 25 you shave your head go bald you're gonna you're gonna age like 10 15 years just off that i'm sorry I don't remind me i'm sorry but um
0: <laughs> speaking of uh uh, football, you know, instead of hair these days. Uh, Jeff, so we talked to you about how we think uh, the Saints-Browns are going to do, you know, this Sunday, but we, we want to talk to you a bit for uh, how do you think they're going to do as a whole this upcoming season. So I think the biggest important question everybody's asking, dying to know from Browns analysts these days are how do you think they're going to finish on the AFC North, and what do you think right now their ceiling and their floor is with this team? Because you've got a very competitive division uh, with the North right now, so... The thing is, is and everybody's kind of concerned about this is, you know, why are you, the competition?
2: I, I don't know if it's there right now. I, I think the competing with the division that's not really what you're going for right now, because they have to play the AFC South. They have to play. Mm. I mean, so they have to play the NFC South. They have to play the AFC West. Mm. What you need to do is, is when is Baker Mayfield going to take the field? because that Absolutely. is the final key to all of this you know whether or not you know whether or not Desmond Harrison an undrafted free agent rookie makes it at left tackle who knows but you can address that next year in the draft so that you but you have everything else kind of in place so maybe you need another guy on the interior of the d line maybe you need a left tackle but the question is when are you going to get to baker mayfield and see what they have here in this number 1 overall pick if this game goes Sunday in New Orleans, like I think it's going to go, and then it's week three on a short week against the Gents on Thursday night and Tyrod Taylor, and if they walk out of that 0-3, then you have 10 days before you play again.
0: Mm-hmm. Is
2: it time to break out the new car and you know in Baker Mayfield? That's what you need to see. Um, it wins four, five, I think this team is capable of especially you see with the way they played last week. But I mean, these guys, the thing is with the win total is, is week in week out, is this defense going to be able to give that extra effort? Like they did this past Sunday to get them to a tie when they're not winning. So it's, it's tough in that respect. Will it be different if they know it's all theirs now and Baker Mayfield's playing. And so that's the way to look at it. But I mean, you know, 5-11, 6-10 5-11, and 6-10 would be an mm-hmm. outstanding job mm-hmm. for this Browns team.
0: It would be.
1: Yeah, you guys got a tough schedule, man. It's brutal. Well, at, yeah. le- at least especially early on.
0: Yeah, it's, it's not fair to you guys, you know. But it's funny you mentioned Baker Mayfield uh, uh, around the league. Uh, the main uh, news concerning him, you know, actually, and the Saints, uh, Drew Brees is uh, – I forget uh, what show he was on. But, uh, he was asked about Baker Mayfield. And he actually thinks that uh, – Drew Brees thinks that Baker Mayfield – Someday can actually be better than him. Uh, what do you think about that? Those regards, those comments.
2: Um, it, you know what it is, though. It, it's nice because Drew Brees is those one of those veteran quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Tom yeah. Brady wouldn't have said this. Eli Manning wouldn't have said this. Aaron Rodgers wouldn't have said this. And you appreciate a guy like Drew Brees who does these things. And Drew Brees has always been about the game. And you know maybe it's more of a you know because uh, you know you're only. Maybe six feet. I'm only six feet, <laughs> but it's yep. nice to see you know these veteran quarterbacks who extend out and speak well of these younger players, right? You no, know, whether he believes yep. it or not, who, who knows? Mm. And and the funniest thing is, you know, there are some Drew Brees. Um, I believe through his wife, you know, Ohio Cleveland ties. So I'm sure he wants to speak well in that reference. But, you know, for a kid like Baker Mayfield, and this is the thing, because, you know, Baker Mayfield, who everybody wanted kind of to paint to be next Johnny Manziel and the kid's a jerk and da-da-da. And now that everybody's kind of taking a little bit of an effort to get to know the kid,
0: yeah, he's they realize the he's
2: not, no, but he's also nothing like him. Right. So, I mean. you know, and, and it's nice to see that, you know, some people are, you know, t- trying to respect this dude, like Odell Beckham, week one, the preseason game. Odell wasn't playing. He ran right across the field to go over, to say hello to Baker Mayfield. Mm. So, if for Cleveland, that's what you see. You see, you've got a guy who, you know, it, it's he's league respected and, and guys appreciate mm-hmm. his story and the fact that you know he was a walk on and transferred and everything that he went through to get where he is. It's it, it, it was you know I was he was not the guy I thought they were going to take. I if I had the pick, I wouldn't have taken him. But more and more as the weeks go on, you see what sold this Cleveland franchise on making him the guy. And for John yeah. Dorsey, making him the guy that his job is riding on. Yeah. And yeah.
1: honestly, I, 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 part of me feels like uh, Drew, Drew Brees, uh, obviously, you know, he didn't. He didn't have to say what he said about Baker. So, yeah, going out of his way to say that was uh, awesome of him. And uh, I, I, I do think uh, he would love to see that, though, getting surpassed. Uh, and, and, and usually I don't think anybody would, would like to admit that. They, they would like to see themselves getting, uh, you know, beaten out. As as he said, Baker Mayfield could be better than him. Uh, but I, I, I think that he's genuine about saying that, though, because – what you just said Jeff he is a football guy he understands that. that's the case he's gonna see 15 or 16 years of incredible football by Baker Mayfield and I I think that that's very possible and Drew Brees alluded to that so uh, um yeah I I really liked uh, Breeze's comments Uh, um uh, very nice and, and yeah not a lot of other quarterbacks to do that so uh you know, yeah. that's cool of breeze do that and he's, he's also he understands that you know his his years in the league are winding down so uh whatever influence he has on some of the younger guys in the league uh is should should be as positive as possible that's just kind of the guy he is so yeah shout out, to, shout, out shout
0: out to drew Brees for uh, saying that yeah it was definitely pretty cool you know um i was pretty shocked when i saw that not uh because it, it couldn't happen just because of like um, you know, you don't always uh, typically expect, you know, like uh, veteran quarter- quarterbacks like that to really give shout-out to, to the younger guys. But, hey, if that happens, Jeff, you're going to have the savior for the Browns. You know, you're going you're gonna to start seeing a lot more winning seasons for the Browns because a good quarterback can change everything.
1: Who would you— who would you have picked then, Jeff? You said you you probably wouldn't have gone with Baker. Obviously, I mean, I'm I, and I'm sure had, that opinion still hasn't changed. So, who who would you have picked? If they, if, if uh, I, I the think choice? they
2: should, I thought they should have gone Sam Darnold. Darnold, yeah, uh, yeah, I think so too. But I mean, you know. it, and look, and this isn't just after what happened Monday night, but I think, but what I think though is is all the other quarterbacks were younger mm-hmm. and they were underclassmen. Baker Mayfield was 23. I think they looked at Baker Mayfield and said, we know exactly what he is today. Right. You know, Josh Allen is a wild thrower. Lamar Jackson's a crazy athlete. Can we get him to be more of a functional NFL quarterback? Josh Mm -hmm. Rosen, you know, some people give him a bad rap because of the fact that he spoke his mind. Sam Darnold, the footwork, you know, the, you know, the, the arm was a little bit low at times. But you saw none of that through week one. I, I just think Sam Darnold was probably the guy. But you want to know what, though? Some guys aren't meant for certain cities. And Sam mm-hmm. Darnold's going to New York, and he's kind of more like the Eli Manning path of, I'm going to do everything he asked me to do. I'm going to give you the stock answers. I'm not going to be the guy who's going to be Mr. New York City. He's yeah. not going to be like Joe Namath. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not going to be found in the bars on page six at four in the morning right. having a great time.
1: <laughs> Very mature and, for his age.
2: Absolutely. I mean, he's, you know, if he's a son at 21 years old, that's the guy you're hoping for. But I mean, it's just, you know, and these things, it's so many times with the quarterbacks, it's about the right fit. And the fact that Baker kind of carries a chip on his shoulder and goes to the Cleveland Browns, where, I mean, this is a city that carries himself with a chip on his shoulder. So many times it's about the fit and not necessarily about, you know, what the guy's resume or the actual player that he is.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, and uh, it's funny. You know, we mentioned the quarterbacks. We've been mentioning the team in general, and you know, outside the Browns, fans don't really know how much has changed. You know, from years past to now. How uh, I wish I could have found it uh, heading into this episode, but I saw on Twitter not too long ago that uh, somebody posted. I think the, the roster from I, they posted the roster from last year. It crossed out all the different names of all the players that were gone and were on the team, and it was like, in retrospect, it was like. 25 to 75 of the players that, uh, that were still on the team, so the players that were gone. And that shocked me. And the reason why i mentioned this is I wanted to ask you, so just like how, how the Browns come like from years past to now, you know, everything's sort of coming together for them now. And just talk about, I guess, for a bit, you know, how how everything's changed from last year to now and how this team has really evolved from last year's team.
2: I think the issue now is, and it's it's ownership, it's fans. Nobody expects losing anymore.
0: Yeah. I mean,
2: and that's what I got, I told you guys. I mean, yeah. I mean, years ago they would have thrown a party for a twenty-one twenty-one tie with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Most of the majority of mm-hmm. the fan base, guys like me and the other guys who cover this team, they were aggravated. They left a win on the field. So that's that's the problem. I mean, there's just too much talent in this building now, and on this roster, to accept losing. And it's going to come down now. It's there's no more excuses. You're not going to change your GM. You're not going to change this. You're not going to change that. It comes down to one guy and one guy only now, and that's the head coach.
1: And so, and let, let me ask you this then: What and, and and you did say if they end up going uh, losing these next two games, it's going to be going to be trouble. But what do you mm-hmm. see as like uh, I, I I guess over under losses that uh, Hugh Jackson takes before he's Fired from this team. You wait, do, you, do you see an over/under?
2: Well, uh, there's, 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 there's. A, it's a divided faction. There's people who mm-hmm. believe that. But the wonder, the question you have is, do they think that this team can win? You know, within this game, or win Thursday against the Jets? There's people that believe Hugh Jackson could be here for the entire season. Mm-hmm. Then there's mm-hmm. others who speak with the Haslam's that believe if the Jets are Owen if the Browns are zero and three. After that Jets game on Thursday night, with ten days prepare for Week Four, mm. Hugh Jackson could be out the door, wow. and wow. Baker Mayfield could be the quarterback. And for That'd me, that's kind of that's kind of more where I am. Wow. Okay. And, and, and really? It's, no, but there's no reason. Look, if this team is not going to play, yeah, for a playoff spot, and if this team is going to go six and ten mm. or five and eleven, there is no reason for Tyrod Taylor to be taking these reps as opposed right. to Baker True. Mayfield. There is zero reason to. He needs to get in there and get his live reps and start seeing the Bengals twice a year and seeing the Baltimore Ravens twice a year and seeing the Steelers again and start to assess these players on field himself. Tyrod Taylor is not the long-term here. Baker Mayfield is. So if they're not going to win games, it should only accelerate the clock until Baker Very Mayfield true. takes this spot.
1: Yeah, that's 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 a fantastic point. Um, yeah that's and, and if you notice it early on you you yeah there, there there's there there's no point in, in doors getting, wide open, yep exactly um but Jeff I want to thank you so much man for coming on the show yeah, so guys man. uh this Sunday Saints are taking on the Browns be sure to tune in a lot of other good games going on there was a pretty good one last night Thursday night football Browns over the or excuse me Bengals over the uh, uh Ravens uh I was I was actually surprised to see the Bengals win I know a lot of people were surprised to see the Ravens defense give up that many points but uh yeah Jeff again thank you so much for coming on tell the people where they can find you where they can find your work plug away your Twitter whatever you wait, whatever you want man really appreciate you coming on the show
2: um, uh, you know, guys, obviously follow the show, the lockdown Browns podcast, uh, with the lockdown network, we put out four to five shows a week, sometimes wow. more,
1: Fantastic. So it, stuff.
2: It, but we do, we, we do smaller 20 to 30 yeah. minutes. You know, it's kind of like, you know, drive time radio, but all of it condensed into one thing, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed there to you know the, the 75 commercial breaks. Hmm. Um, follow me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, um, NFL, football, college football is 99.9% of my account, unless when you know I go off on a tangent about having two daughters and a wife. There you go. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, guys, I, I'm looking forward to Sunday. It, it, it's going to be interesting. And it, the test is it's a good test for the Browns because they need it in their secondary and their offense needs to get into a track meet game to see, you know, whether or not they are ready to use everything that's there at their disposal. Like I said, there's a lot of weaponry here. And it's gonna come time to, you know and I feel bad and every, like all the a lot of the Cleveland people are like, oh you're getting high high you know, hard on Tyrod because of the wep- the weather this past week. Oh Big Ben threw for three hundred and plus and mm. And James Conner had a good day. Yeah. So you know, are you him. are you
1: worth of that yes. ilk or are you not?
2: Oh keep James Conner. he's gonna do well for you. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. it. I love it. And I think this and- game this game is gonna be so exciting. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited.
0: Yeah, I am too, man. You know, interesting. Uh, that's the word to put it. Interesting, you know. I think it happened on a Sunday in football. But uh, thank you guys so much for tuning to this episode of the Who Dish podcast. Here's where you can find our social media. So... Or uh, widely known on Twitter, our official Who at Dish podcast account. You can follow us there at the WDD podcast. You can follow a great co-host uh, that lives all the way over in Portland, Oregon. You can follow him at Dayton underscore Brown underscore. You can follow myself over here at Raymond Tyler M. Make sure to check out our amazing articles and our podcast links everywhere. You can search them at whodatdish.com also just look at the facebook page that's where a lot of stuff goes too. just search who that dish um let's see here you can also find our episodes this week mainly find them on spreaker.com and itunes if you have an iphone just click on the podcast app it's really simple and uh just search who that dish uh podcast so
1: right. be sure if you enjoy the 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 podcast rate us five stars on itunes and subscribe to us there uh really appreciate it thank you guys again that so much do. For uh, tuning in, showing us the support. Buy our t-shirt, swag.fansited.com. Search Who Dat Dish Podcast. I'm getting mine here soon. Very excited for it. Uh, But again, thank you guys so much. Be sure to tune in Sunday to watch the Saints-Browns game. It's going to be a good one. And as always,
0: Who Dat.